Hey, everybody. You're back listening to me chat. It's another bonus episode. We're not going to have an episode this week just because I will be having surgery. And so there will be maybe some an adjustment period after that. But I just watched some of the performances from the BET Awards last week, and I felt compelled <laughs> and drawn into coming into the studio today to specifically talk about the state of R&B right now. I have to start from the beginning. Uh, the verse is a nightmare. <laughs> from, was it two weeks ago now? Um, it's very popular. I literally, they cannot stop showing me clips from Omarion versus Mario on TikTok because I'm so involved <laughs> at this point. It's amazing to me. So when I first heard Omarion versus Mario, we're gonna be doing a versus, I was like, okay, cool. You know, that sounds good. Like they both had R&B hits during the same time, the mid 2000s or the early, early mid 2000s, like 2005 to 2008. If you know Mario, you know that he started off with the Just a Friend um, remix or whatever from the, what is that guy? Biz Marquee song that he redid to be like, you say I'm just a friend, but you say I'm the baby, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to do my vocals today, but we know him from then when he had his long cornrows, his braids. Oh, Marion used to have cornrows too. I feel like all the guys back then just had cornrows but I digress. And then if you know uh, my personal favorite, Let Me Love You, that is a go-to karaoke song. It is timeless. It's a great song. <laughs> and so my money wouldn't have been on any of them because with Omarion, I don't know how many hits he has. I just know Icebox and then Post To Be, but everybody knows that Post To Be popped off because of Janae Aiko and Chris Brown. So to me, Omarion is just a beautiful man to look at. He just gets finer with age. But when it comes to hits, I didn't know that he had too many. And then with Mario, I just know like a handful. How do I breathe? How could you? You know, apparently he did the, why would you want to break up? <laughs> I told you I wouldn't sing and I'm singing, but anyways, so he has more songs that he's known for, but I don't qualify them as hits. Honestly, versus it's hits doesn't, it's a misnomer. Like when they say, give us your 20 biggest hits, it hit doesn't necessarily mean like it was a like top, even top a hundred on the charts. It just means like, what are the top songs from you that people would know? And basically at this point, they're just performing them. At the beginning of Versus, it wasn't necessarily a performance. It started off with producers, I think, going hit for hit, being like, I've worked on this many songs. I've worked with Beyonce, this person, that person, this person, that person, and then them going against an equally talented producer, just playing the hit songs that they produced and wrote on. And now it's become, singers just coming up and performing. My favorite verses by far has been John Legend and Alicia Keys because they're both such beautiful and beautifully talented people. And they were playing piano live and just playing on each other's songs, like accompanying each other. Alicia Keys has hits for decades. Like she is one of my top favorite R&B artists of all time. But anyways, we're not talking about them. We're not talking about legends. We're talking about Omarion versus Mario. So that was a shit show. I'm glad I didn't watch. Um, <laughs> I think something in my Shondo was like, maybe skip this one. So apparently there was a pre-show where we were forced, we were held hostage for two hours apparently, or y'all were watching uh, Ray J, Sammy, Bobby V, uh, Pleasure P, and apparently, I mean, I don't know, it was supposed to be a mini versus, but I don't think a mini versus should last two hours. If they were gonna pop up there, they should have just given them 30 minutes to be quite honest with you. There's a reason why y'all aren't really the whole show because you can't carry a show. So why are we giving them two hours? 
I didn't understand that. Then apparently nobody could sing anymore. Ray J could never sing. I want to let y'all know, I hope we can all agree. Ray J could never sing. One Wish was a cute R&B song, but even on the, the track that we heard when it, when, it, when it came out, when it was released, he was struggling to hit those notes then. Ray J was never an R&B singer. He just wanted to sing and we let him. So confused as to why he was even there. <laughs> Singing, making love till my baby's born, which just gives me the worst visual. Cause I just can't help but picture a pregnant lady still having, <laughs> like still sleeping with your pregnant wife literally until the baby's born makes me, it's disgusting. And then Sammy, you know, he, sure he was there. And Pleasure P, sure. Pretty Ricky had their time. Bobby Valentino, he had some cute songs that he had from back then. Uh, moving on, I won't give it much time because I just don't think they should, they deserve that much. Basically from what I heard, the verses was tragic and it was a huge blowout because Mario can actually sing. He could sing back then and he can still sing and Omarion could never sing. Apparently came out later on that all of those hit songs with B2K, it was somebody named Steve Russell singing. It was never really Omarion functioning as the lead singer as he was portrayed to be. He's always been a great dancer, but as a singer, apparently he was just never able to sing like that. And the music industry bamboozled us all this time. So that's why when he got up on stage, had trouble carrying notes, had trouble. And then dancing was good, but like Mario said, like, dude, less dancing, more singing. This is about vocals. This is about singing. It's not just a performance. Can you sing? Can you sing though? And then I feel like Omarion brought out Jeremiah, knowing full and damn well that Jeremiah cannot sing anymore. If he could ever sing, it's gone. COVID took that talent away. He brought him out there, I think, as a distraction, like, please deflect. Look at this dude over here. He sings worse than me. So when I come back on, hopefully your expectations will have adjusted because at least I don't sound like that. That's what I get from, <laughs> from Omarion bringing someone he knew could not sing. What was the point of that? It kind of made me look like, honestly, after seeing clips from that and hearing it, I was just like, what is, what is going on with people? Like, why is this a mockery? Why can you not sing? Where is the talent? Where is the the soulful music from R&B that I used to love? Mostly the clips I saw weren't even of Mario getting to sing. It was of them bickering, just being catty, back and forth, making comments and just talking. And I'm like, y'all should just be glad to be here. <laughs> Cause honestly, nobody was really checking for either of y'all. So just come here and be humble and just sing, just perform. Why is there so much back and forth? It was unsettling to me. And it made me think of the time on the read where Kid Fury said that uh, the R&B singers like Chris Brown are really just dudes who can play basketball and like to fight, <laughs> but can also kind of sing. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's what this generation of R&B was. The Mario, Trey songs, Omarion. Although Omarion gave, I mean, he doesn't give me like he would fight. He just gives me that he has a huge ego, which we've come to see now is very true, that he is very egotistical, way beyond his talent capacity. He hasn't had a hit since Post to Be. I don't know what he's planning to release sooner. I mean, now that, you know, he has spotlight on him, I don't know what's going on with him. But after that versus, I was left feeling like, okay, yeah, this is why I don't really listen to R&B anymore. Just cause what, what the fuck is all this? Which leads me to my next point in time this week. So Usher released a Tiny Desk performance this week, June 30th. Check it out on NPR. 
tiny desk on YouTube. It was like a 20 something minute performance, which is how I knew it was going to be good because I hate when somebody you're really excited to see on Tiny Desk, you look and their performance is like eight minutes. Cause then I'm like, okay, so you're not gonna do any talking and you're gonna sing three songs and leave. That's never enough for me. And what I love about Usher's performance the most is that this is what Tiny Desk is supposed to be. It is supposed to be you live, some backup singers, a full, not even a full band if you don't need all that, but a live band in the Tiny Desk space. We can hear the crowd like the people who are allowed to come or whatever and be in that space, we can hear them cheering and responding to you and singing along. Tiny Desk has always supposed to have been like, just like a lower key performance where we get to see you perform for real. And like the, I assume that you have to be on some sort of <laughs> almost like Illumin Illuminati level list to even get in. At first I thought the Tiny Desk <laughs> audience were like people who literally work in that building because the setup kind of looks like an office building. But now I'm just like, you have to know someone who knows someone who literally works for NPR or works for the label. Like, I don't know how the hell you get into these performances, but this is what Tiny Desk is supposed to be. And I feel like it got derailed during the pandemic when they had to do kind of like tiny desk at home or whatever, where it's basically, it basically became like up to the artist maybe to set up their own space and get their performance done with whatever they wanted, which most people still did like a live band, but it just wasn't the same when it's not in that room, that office room, when it's not like as compact because Tiny Desk is supposed to feel very intimate. And so seeing people who are like more spread out and like treating it like a music video or like a live music video rather than a Tiny Desk performance, even worse, like Miley Cyrus's Tiny Desk, which I think Miley could sing. So I actually wanted to watch hers. I didn't even make it 10 seconds into it because I realized, oh, she's not gonna, she has no band that we can see. She's not taking this seriously as like a performance. She's trying to do something gimmicky and music video-y. Like it, it's not a Tiny Desk performance at all. And so seeing Usher's and seeing that it was back in that room, he had his band, he introduced everybody on that stage. He gave a lot of praise to his backup who were amazing. And then best of all, he sang the hits. He came to give us what we wanted. He didn't go up there and try to sing some new shit that we haven't heard of yet or haven't heard of because we don't really check for Usher like that anymore. He didn't sing his like world music. What is that? He did like, all, not even like house, but like some sort of pop, international pop that I was not feeling before he came back around to like climax. He performed the hits. He performed songs from My Way, which is 25 years old now. Um, he performed Confessions, the lead in, where he's talking about every time he was in LA, he was with his ex-girlfriend. Like he sang that, that he went straight to Confessions. He sang, um, you don't have to call. And you can hear the audience because Usher is an icon. He's an R&B icon. Usher, he set the blueprint for the Omarions for the Chris Browns, because I mean, and we know Michael Jackson was like the ultimate blueprint, but I feel like with Usher, that was the first time I saw a solo R&B artist who was consistent, who was talented in the way that we needed them to be, right? Like today we have people who can sing, but can't dance. We have people who can dance, but can't sing. Usher could sing and dance, but he, his songs were good. Those choices of music were good. His vocals were like butter. And then on top of that, he did just enough dancing to complement the performance. And at, at the same time, let us know, okay, this dude can dance. 
Like I will never forget the dance sequence in Yeah, <laughs> because it was so iconic. <laughs> his outfit was iconic, the club setting was iconic, but it never felt like his dancing overshadowed any of the music or the performances. We just knew this is a dude who can dance and sing. Amazing. Blueprint. The other people, the other dudes who came after him, they can't do the same. They can't do it like Usher. I think that's why he hasn't had his own verses because it's like, who? Who can we put up against Usher? Nobody. Nobody. Y'all say Chris Brown and I think that's a slap in the face because Chris Brown is a, a student and a child of Usher. You can't put me up against my son and act like we're equivalent. We're not, we're not, we're just not, we're not, we're not. So don't, don't put them up against each other. Yes, they both can sing, yes, they both can dance, but there is a very big generation disparity between the kind of music Usher was putting out versus the type of music Chris Brown has put out. You cannot put them against each other. I still think that the closest match would be Justin Timberlake, just because they were both kind of doing R&B around the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard because Justin Timberlake can't really sing, but he can dance. And, you know, as a performer, he's mostly likable. Maybe they're, if they're friends, especially, and they have a rapport, that would be cute. We all know Usher would blow Justin Timberlake out of the water, but I think we're all fine with, with seeing Justin Timberlake lose to Usher. So I'm like, what's the problem? Why, why can't we just put them up against each other? But also at the same time, I understand if you think it's an insult because Usher can sing. And it's fair to say that again, Usher was the blueprint for even Justin Timberlake. When Justin Timberlake went from pop to R&B, like, who was the top R&B dude at the time? It was Usher. So you were just trying to get like him. So I get it. I get it if you're not for that. And I understand why Usher does not have a versus at this time. But I will say that watching Usher on Tiny Desk, it reinvigorated my love for R&B. And it made me go like, oh my gosh, I miss these feelings. Like I miss hearing the song and immediately, like I, I don't even know how much of Usher's vocals I heard because I could not stop singing along because every song I knew I was like, I have to sing, I have to sing this. Like Usher gives you that feeling. Whereas I feel like a lot of these people that came after him, they don't give you that feeling. Like you don't listen to Icebox and wanna, like it doesn't give you that same feeling. Like, I don't, I don't know. Next, so I recently decided to watch several performances from the BET Awards. I was never going to watch the BET Awards live because I just feel like, I mean, I've never really been super invested in them. I catch them when I'm inclined to, but this year I especially was kind of like, oh, fuck y'all. Because of what how they did Lil Nas X. Like, how is this boy, this young man, nominated for several Grammys? The White People Awards. The White People Awards want Lil Nas X, but the Black People Awards are like, we don't see you. Like, we're not nominate like he wasn't nominated for anything but he is more popular than all of the artists at the that awards show so it's very confusing for me it's confusing how you can nominate these other artists i mean honestly in that best male hip-hop artist category it's tricky because you got kendrick you got drake you got future Lil baby j cole and then one empty slot so i understand being like yeah little nas x how does he stack against these people? It's weird. But you know what else is weird? Putting Jack Harlow against those people. That's also fucking weird. So I don't, I don't understand. And I feel like it would have been more interesting to put Lil Nas X in that category, especially at the Black Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> I don't know what BET stands for. Black Entertainment, Black Entertainment Television <laughs> Awards. How do you have Black Entertainment, but it's not Black people? Like you, you're willing to, you'd rather put in a white boy 
than a gay black person. I just feel like they're telling on themselves. So I wasn't interested in watching it live at all, but I did watch some performances after hearing people talk about the performances. I saw some things about the performances myself on the blogs, on the blogs, on the blogs. I saw another fail, Giveon, also can't sing. Shocker, surprise. Okay, cool. I'm just very frustrated at this point with male R&B artists because I'm like, can y'all sing? Like, can y'all actually sing or are y'all just good looking? Is that just what the, the bar is right now? Like we can fix it in post and you're good looking? Cause Gibeon can't even dance. So I'm just confused. That performance, like I didn't even watch the full thing. I just saw the clips of where he couldn't sing, him trying to blame it on his earpiece or the microphone. And I just kind of agree with what I've heard people say, which is like true singers don't have to necessarily hear themselves to know if they're on key or not. The song should be muscle memory. So I don't understand how momentarily not hearing yourself would make you go completely out of whack. Um, confusing to me. I heard LMA didn't sing well. I've never assumed that she could sing when I, I never, I've never fully heard the song boot up, but I feel like she is a great example of this new generation of R&B where it's kind of like, did y'all all just come from YouTube or something? I don't understand. Nobody has actual star quality. Nobody gives great performances. Nobody can actually, you know, like, I don't know what it is. When I think of LMA, I think of like the Scissors. I think of the Summer Walkers. Who else? I think of a lot of these R&B girls who popped like three to five years ago or then pop, but premiered maybe three, five years ago. And they're just very, you know, I guess they're good looking. We like their songs, sure. But when they come on stage, it's an issue. It's an issue. And I just want to reference this YouTube video I saw before. I think it was called Why Today's Girls Can't Sing. I'm sure if you Google or if you look through YouTube for some sort of version of why girls can't sing today or why today's girls can't sing, you'll find it. He's basically just saying like people like Aretha Franklin and all the old R&B idols that we have, they grew up singing in school. They grew up singing in church. There was a time where, you know, there were choir classes that people actually trained for in years, like throughout the years and then singing in church where you have, you know, a minister of music or a choir director who also typically has a music degree. And so you're literally taught vocal exercises and you're doing this for years. So imagine you've been in choir since you were a kid and then through your adult years, you were singing in your church choir. Now you're trying to make it as an artist and you have the breath control. You have the ability to find your pitch easily. It comes like second nature to you. I think that's kind of where Beyonce came from, having a manager like her father who was like military style, like you are going to be able to sing and you are gonna be able to keep up physically. You better get your cardio in check. He had them singing and running miles. The girls today don't do that. <laughs> the girls today sing their covers on YouTube and their whole thing is chill vibes. And what I like to call like bedroom R&B because it's just very kind of like, almost like lo-fi simple. Nobody's belting out anymore. Everything is just kind of like trappy and lo-fi and low-key and like, Anybody can sing along. There's no real soul in it or passion in the music. This is why I didn't listen to Ariana Grande's newest album called Positions. I was a mocha latte for a bit. And then that album came out and I was like, okay, this is where I get off. Because Ariana, you can sing. You, you can sing. Ari, Ariana Grande can sing. Like watch any of her performances. The bitch can sing. And she's doing this 
lo-fi bedroom R&B album because she's always just, I guess, trying to find the next move. I don't know if her black friends are like, hey, this is the direction. This is what black people are doing. Let's give you the keys as we've been giving you the keys for like, I guess, like 10 years now. I don't know. I'm just like, why are you dumbing down your vocal capabilities just to keep with what you think is a popular sound? Child, it wasn't for me. And so when I think of the LMAs performing, and I'm like, they can't do it when we've seen SZA perform. And sometimes she's been good. Sometimes she's been struggling. We've seen Summer Walker perform. Even when she can sing, I, I don't think she's ever not been able to carry her notes. It's just like, there's not a lot of effort there. There's no stage presence. She doesn't, I don't know that I've ever heard her belt out. Like these girls are not trying to be Mariah Carey. They're not trying to be Beyonce. They've curved or carved out their own lane. That is just honestly, very low expectation like they have scammed us <laughs> i mean I, everybody there's a season for everything i get it like sometimes you don't want to have to try to match mariah's vocals sometimes you do want something more chill or whatever but at the same time i'm like these girls never give us they're not giving it to us and it's it's confusing and it's annoying but let me go into the other performances <sighs> okay so i've never heard of the artist dochi before but apparently she was amazing because, you know, her name started coming out after the BET Awards, so I went ahead and watched her performance. Amazing. Five stars, two thumbs up. Great. I'm going to look up those songs. I think she had great energy. I love when she took her wig off and she had the cornrows underneath. She was dancing. I love a woman who can dance and sing. She was great. She was giving us everything. I'm pretty sure she's Nigerian just because her name is Dochi and that's Nigerian kind of name. So I liked it. I went ahead and watched Chloe's performance, even though Chloe is not exactly my cup of tea. Chloe's just too sexual for me. That's I maybe I'm a prude. I'm a born again virgin. Like I don't I don't like sex. <laughs> I don't like sex no more. So I was kind of disappointed seeing her graduate from Chloe and Hallie. I remember seeing them perform together in the beginning of their career at like uh, some sort of like South by performance that they did that was like a free show. They can sing. They've always been able to sing. They were just, you know, it's just very funny knowing that their earlier music was very kind of like obscure, kind of like, I was like, this is for kids. They'd be like, no boy, you can't play with me, like type of music where I'm like, okay, child, this is for the, this is for the children. It's not for me. And so seeing her graduate from that to literally talking about Oh, I hop on top of him. I don't even know her lyrics, honestly, but it's just sexual. Her performances are very sexual. Her Instagram, she's made extremely sexual. I'm just like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with sexuality. We're all sexual to a degree, but I just feel like when you make that your whole brand, you are really dumbing down your capabilities. You are so much more than that. She's such a vocal talent. Listening to her sing at her performance on the BET Awards, I was like, easily the best singer here tonight. Like easily, effortless, like so effortless. I felt like I didn't hear enough cheers. <laughs> I didn't hear enough cheers for her because I was like, do you understand how difficult what she's doing is? And this bitch has not stopped moving the whole performance. She should be out of breath right now, but she's hitting every note with ease. I felt like she wasn't getting enough applause for that. But then I was like, also though, it's a little distracting when you're gyrating your whole performance and like, you know, you're wearing something extremely sexy, like a lingerie slash dominatrix style outfit which, which, which was cute but like when your whole thing is oozing sex sex appeal the songs are about sex and i'm dancing sexually we can't stop and focus on your vocals and appreciate them you know there was a time i think that's honestly there was a time where it literally was you have a mic stand 
and you just stand and you sing. You might move a little from side to side, but like Mariah Carey has never had to give us choreography because she just stood there and sang. And we had to focus on the fact that she was so vocally blessed that it was like amazing. All the applause. Adele has turned to that as well, where Adele will get in front of you. She'll have a mic stand, she'll have a stool, and she will just either sit or stand and just belt and just sing and just fill the room with such emotion that that's all we need from her. And she's at the top of the game, like just doing that. People think she's one of the best singers of our generation because she just does that. Whereas Chloe's don't do that. I don't know if it's that they don't have enough life experience to write meaningful songs. I don't know if, if she's just too young. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I think honestly with black women in R&B, you're all at this point geared towards sexuality. That's what Normani's doing. That's what Victoria Monet is doing. That's what SZA is starting to do. Cause SZA was not making music like this back then, back when she wasn't so skinny, back when she was more plus size and was making more vibier music. She wasn't really singing about these kind of things, whoever else. Everybody is now kind of geared towards sex in the black R&B space. And so I don't know if Chloe's doing this because this is genuinely all that she wants to do, or if she's like, this is what's hot. I gotta do it. If her label is like, this is all we're gonna green light for you to do. I don't know. I don't know enough about the industry to know how much say she would have. Maybe she just doesn't have the life experience. And it's just like, I can't sing about things like that. Or I mean, not everybody's gonna be a Mariah Carey. So maybe she didn't even wanna try. But to me, I just still feel like we don't have a Mariah Carey in this generation of black R&B artists. We don't have a woman who's like, I don't need to get sexual. I mean, I, I am sexy. Mariah Carey was sexy her whole career. Please believe. It's not that she never was sexy, but it's that when she sang and performed, the performance was about her, her singing. You couldn't help but pay attention to the lyrics. We knew the lyrics word for word. A lot of us have made the joke that she taught us vocabulary. She taught us the word incessantly. She taught us the word, um, <laughs> I could not fathom I would ever be without your love. She gave us SAT words <laughs> or words that we just were not used to hearing in R&B songs. And that means a lot and it carries over, it's timeless. The music that Chloe is making today is not going to be remembered two months from now, let alone 10 years from now. And I'm confused as to why the girlies are not considering that when they decide what music they wanna make. Outside of that, I thought her performance was good. I thought she was great. I just was like, I really wish that she didn't make it all about sex and was just like, I'm a fucking singer, let me sing. She's also a musician, like she can play the keys really well. Why not do that? I honestly just want these girls to just strip it down and be like, I don't need to compete with y'all or need to be fuckable to be a good artist. I'm actually just gonna work on my vocals. I'm gonna work on the lyrical content and I'm gonna play music and make y'all feel the passion that I have for this. She still has passion in her performance. It's just like a sexual passion that I'm like, okay, we get it, we get it. It doesn't have to be every song though, okay. And it made me honestly think her, Dochi, even Lotto's performance, the girls have to do everything. When you compare the girls, the women performing, Versus the men performing, women had to have looks, hair, makeup, costume. They have to sing, rap live. On top of that, they have to do choreography. On top of that, so like, what? They have to do, even whether you're a rapper or a singer, somehow you are expected to do all of this shit. The men mostly just get to kind of stand there. There's no real fashion. They're rapping live, I guess, but cool. They're singing live. There's no real, choreography, there's no real expectation of them. It, it kind of makes me annoyed 
that it can be so easy for men to perform, but women have to do all of this shit. I kind of want them all to get together and boycott choreo <laughs> for the next uh, BET Awards. None of us are dancing. We're all just going to sing and rap and y'all are going to be okay with it because you let the men do it honestly. But yeah, I saw Lotto's performance. I thought she was good. She's not, I mean, I've kind of veered away from this generation of women in rap just because I don't, I don't know. It's not fun all the time for me to hear people talk about oh, my pussy bomb and oh, I ride on his this and he eats this. And sometimes it's a bit much. I did appreciate I feel like there's a, a strict difference between the women who say, I don't need a man, I got my own money, versus the women like the city girls who are like, use the man for money. Side note, I'm just gonna hop on a quick trend of talking about young Miami and Diddy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's giving disgusting. I saw this video on YouTube of them on FaceTime together. I know y'all like to think that she's a city girl and she's scamming and oh, she's just there for the money and to have a good time. She's getting flued out. Ooh, she's having so much fun. She's just here for a good time. Watching them talk together, it is very clearly a young woman. A young woman out of her depth, out of her element with a grown ass, old ass, egotistical ass. It's all about me. What can you do for me, ass man? That's what it is. They don't look like it's fun. It very much gives old, egotistical, I built this shit, this is all mine. If you can't do what I say, then get off my plane type of dude with a young woman who's just like, I have to appease him and go along with him and keep him entertained so that I can still be a part of this. That's what it's giving. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting because I just feel like a true woman, I just feel like, girl, you make your own money. Like you have money, you have notoriety like you're famous why are you chasing after diddy like you don't need his money but it's just this greed it's like what you have will never be enough when you're around or able to see people have even more can young miami charter a pj anytime that she wants to like diddy can no does young miami own a yacht or have easy access to a yacht like diddy does probably no she doesn't have the resources or the connections that he has she is nowhere near the money that he has. She can't buy a Birkin every day of the week or every week if she wanted to, like he probably can. So I see why she's like, let me get with him, play nice, and then keep his interest so that he will spoil me with things that I can't do for myself. But it's just sad. It's sad when you have to watch the way he talks to her and how he's listening to him talk. It was almost like he was senile. Like he very much is just like into himself. And it makes me think of all these girlfriends he's had who obviously just had to cater to him and do what he wanted and feed his ego. And that the reason they stayed so long, like Cassie stayed so long, this Gina person who was beefing with Young Miami stayed so long is because they keep stroking his ego and diminishing themselves to make him happy. Like it was it was just strange to watch him and Young Miami interact. It made me very uncomfortable. Cause I'm just like, girl, we're the same age. Get out of there. Like you don't need him. It's creepy. It's giving creepy. Just leave him alone. But she'll find out. She'll figure it out or whatever. People, some people just have to learn the hard way or whatever it is. Um, her with that sign of the BET Awards. I don't know if it was a gag. It seemed pretty genuine to me. I think it's sad. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's a joke. I don't know if she made the sign or if she had an assistant make the sign. It's still like, girl, do you know where you are? Like, even if it's a joke, it's just not funny. Like, I, it didn't land, hun. Because everybody around you, nobody would ever bring a sign. So you really made yourself look like a fucking child. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, if you keep talking to Diddy and being attached to Diddy, people are going to stop remembering that you're a rapper. 
they're not gonna remember because already people don't take you seriously as a rapper Carisha like come on everybody calls you Carisha for the most part which means they don't respect your rap persona we saw y'all perform twerculator at the last at last year's BT awards I think it was and it was bad it was bad it was given middle school dance team it wasn't good it was really bad and that's again to my point that like today's girls it's strange to me how it's like whether you're actually extremely talented or you're just kind of like maybe social media got you here you're getting the same amount of clicks and the same amount of attention before i leave i want to close out with acknowledging jack harlow's performance <laughs> at the bet awards you know i think he's honestly doing a great job he's doing a great job because, I mean, what do you expect? What are your expectations? He's white. He's really tall and lanky. He's white. You know, he honestly, again, gives me Discount Drake. The song that he performed at the beginning, Poison or whatever with Lil Wayne, it gave Drake back in 2009. Like, it gave, take your nose on my keyboard, what you following me for? It gave, we loving the crew, Drake. <laughs> it gave... <laughs> So maybe it's not that he's not good or that he's underwhelming. Maybe he just was born in the wrong generation. <laughs> because if he was performing or making music like this during the Take Care era and back then, like we would love, he would get twice the amount of respect. People love him anyways though. So, hey, I respect that on his performance, I didn't notice, maybe it was the lighting, but wasn't no white people or white girls on stage. It was strictly Latinas and black women because I guess that's his type or that's what he wants us to believe is his type, you know, at that party. And then I love, you know, Lil Wayne did his thing, whatever. I love when he transitioned to first class, but he did a little two-step, cute. We love seeing white people do a little two-step, okay? Cause it was good. I like that he didn't do too much. It was just a little two-step. It almost made me like the song. And I don't like the song. I, I told y'all before, it's not a good song if you listen to it from beginning to end without any visuals. It's not a good song. But I thought his performance, like I liked his rapping. I don't think he needs to sing. I wish rappers would stop singing if they can't sing. You don't need to sing. Don't let them bully you into singing. Don't sing. <laughs> And I was especially impressed and surprised when he brought Brandy out. It's such a fucking, like this guy, I don't know who's on his team. I don't know if these are all his ideas. I don't know if it's just that he's genuinely a good person who wants to learn from his mistakes. But I thought it was genius, him bringing out Brandy. When he was doing first class and they panned to the audience and you could see people singing, people genuinely, I guess, kind of like, the song's catchy. They kind of, people genuinely like the song. When it went to blackout and people were like a little like, oh, okay, wow, we were just getting into it. And then in the back, Brandy appears and she starts rapping that rap that she did, the fake diss track <laughs> that she posted or that she put online or whatever. People, you could audibly hear people be shocked, amazed, and extremely pleased. Because if there's anything that Black people want, it's more Brandy. We just want to see Brandy. We want to hear her sing. We want to see her perform again. We want her to come to the forefront. We love Brandy. We have so much respect and adoration for Brandy. So seeing her come out and get to do her rap and then sing the hook to first class and Jack Harlow's rapping along and like at the end they give a big embrace. It was beautiful. It was like a beautiful moment. It was beautiful because I didn't look at that and think that was a gimmick or that was strategy. I genuinely liked the performance enough to just believe that he was probably like, you know, it would be dope if we could get Brandy to perform with us. Let's just bring this shit to a head and have her perform her verse on the BET Awards because her point of like, I can wash you on your own song was true and he knows it. So he was like, 
like, bring her out. Everybody will love it. And also shout out to Jack for wearing a Lil Nas X t-shirt on the red carpet because again, yeah, really fucked up that Lil Nas X wasn't nominated for anything. It's annoying. It's very annoying to see them completely wash over certain artists like they're not impactful. Kudos to Jack Harlow for his performance <laughs> with Brandy and Lil Wayne or whatever. At this point, I just, I don't even know what's keeping Lil Wayne alive. He looked good. He looked healthy. So good for him. Um, and that will wrap up this special bonus episode. I'm going to title it The State of R&B because I get nervous, right? I get nervous about what R&B is coming to. I've started listening to, or I've just been listening to Korean R&B because they can sing. They got the vocals, they got the vibe, and they're not, at least I don't understand what they're saying. From what I've heard, they're not even allowed to be like sexually explicit like that or vulgar. The rules in Korea are like, uh-uh, we're not having that. It's like hard to find an artist today that you can really get into who's just not like, I'm beating that pussy down, I'ma take you down, I'ma stuff my dick between your throat. <laughs> I'ma ride his dick. Oh, when we making love. Um, what, what was Normani's line? Fuck me up like oopsie daisy. All the girls don't know how to do anything but just talk about sex. And it's very disconcerting. It's like too much. I don't need it every, is it every day? We must talk about getting it in every day. It's too much. And I started to like give on because he doesn't give that. No, no pun intended. Give doesn't give. <laughs> he doesn't give that. But at the same time, the dude can't really sing. And I will never get over how he did Justine Sky. She brought you into the fold. Justine Sky knows everybody. She introduced you to Justin Bieber and she got you. I, it is my belief that she got him on the Peaches track by introducing him to her bestie's husband, Justin Bieber. And what did you do? You played her like in the most disgusting way, like so disgusting. If you haven't heard about how he cheated on Justine, I think we talked about it on an episode, but it's just like the kind of shit that really makes you scared to date <laughs> because the way these men just be lying, like their lives depend on it. When they could just tell you, actually, I don't want to be monogamous. I really like getting to know you. I'm enjoying this relationship. But the truth is, I just don't think that I can only be with you. I'm really having a fun time exploring my newfound fame. <laughs> and I just kind of want to be out here. Sorry. These guys don't want to tell the truth. They want to lie and then gaslight you and make you seem like you're crazy. It's triggering. So I can't fuck with Gibeon. And honestly, I feel like his horrible performance was karma because it always comes back at some point, at some point. So that's what I'll leave y'all with. Take care and we'll be back when we can. You are listening to a Young Hag production.